Okay, everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. Uh, this is the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And we came across a story this morning that I wanted to share with you as it concerns all of us. Uh, it concerns the way in which uh, we can... Uh, we are viewing what is going on across the country. So to my viewers on Twitter, give me just a minute. Uh, we seem to have had some problem with that feed. I have no idea what happened with that feed. But today we're going to talk about something that on this President's Day, isn't it fortuitous that we're going to talk about this? It's President's Day 2020. And it seems like 2020 is just advancing. It's almost like, can we press the rewind button? <laughs> on 2020 <laughs> can we unplug 2020 and restart can we go back to december 31st and tell 2020 here is what we're not gonna have we're not gonna have world war three we're not gonna have a war with iran we're not gonna have kobe dying and his lovely daughter and all those folks in a helicopter crash we're not gonna have a corn of corn what was it a coronavirus where a whole cruise ship had to be quarantined off the coast of Japan. And now they're over with the correct numbers coming out of China. There are over 140,000 people in fact infected. As usual, China being China counted the numbers wrong. So the virus is way bigger. It's something equal to remember the, the bird flu. It's something as big as that. So can we just go back to December 31st and click restart? On 2020 I don't know about you but I'm ready for it because I walked into 2020 like a boss thinking this was just going to be cool and everything is going to be okay and then boom by the third it was World War three is on the horizon and now this I need a restart on 2020 I need a serious restart don't, don't you think it would be cool like seriously like coronavirus like seriously and then those 144 Americans who are coming home, they have to come home. Uh, so they're going to be quarantined when they land in America, but at least they'll be on homeland. <laughs> they won't be on a cruise ship. They're going to be quarantined because if they're allowed to go into the general population, they're going to infect the rest of us. China did this, didn't they? Th this is biological warfare. China did this. I am convinced. And it's President's Day. Did you all see yesterday, by the way, Sunday, uh, a church in Atlanta, a New Birth, New Birth Missionary Baptist Church, had a Wakanda kind of wedding where they kind of just mass married people. Like there were 12 people and it was kind of a Wakanda effect. I thought it was so cool. The church donated everything to marry people because apparently weddings are expensive. I wouldn't know. I've only been married once and clearly. Anyway. <laughs> and so weddings are expensive or at least what we attach to weddings I still think if you really want to get married you can go down to the courthouse and pay for the, the you know the license and you're married and you're done I don't know that you need to have $80,000 worth of expense that you're not going to use for down payment on a house but hey what do I know right I've only lived long enough to know you, you need a house to minimize the arguments that you're going to have right unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable people still marrying and spending thousands of dollars and then going back to live in a in, in an apartment or worse have no money towards a down payment for a house 
unbelievable. But you're spending thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars on getting married. Think about that. Think about that. So, 2020, <laughs> need a restart. And then it was Valentine's Day, and you know you expect stuff to happen Valentine's Day that people are gonna cry the next day. But a television, a reality show host killed herself the day after Valentine's Day. And I'm like, what's with 2020 and people not being happy? <laughs> what's with 2020? You know what I mean? I'm like, can we just restart? I, I want to restart. I want to restart, right? I want to restart. It, it's, it's going crazy around here. Good morning. Good morning, handsome. Somebody's saying I'm beautiful, so I'm returning the compliment. <sighs> I just I just want a new year. Did did we just not ask for that? Wasn't that the least? Tell me the truth. Wasn't that the least we could get after 2019? Was a good year? Was that too much to ask? <laughs> Don't you think? Was that too much to ask? Was it too much to ask for a good year after 20 2019 sucked major for all of us? And then here comes 2020, like, uh, and then check this out. We should have known something was going on because before Kobe died, you know what happened? The Duchess of Sussex, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry said, you know what? We don't want to be royals anymore. We're going to go live in North America and just forget this royal stuff. Uh, you can all keep it. And the whole world went like, excuse me? How do you just drop a whole title and drop a whole lineage after how many thousands of years? Like, are we back in 1938 when King Edward abdicated? I was like, 2020 needs a restart. I think we can all agree. So check out what we're going to talk about this morning. So here I am just okay what are we gonna talk about and then i came across the story i'm minding my own business friday night i am not look it was probably like about 11 o'clock i'm getting ready for bed and i was watching lifetime movies don't don't judge me don't judge me they had the best series this week this this year did you see it it was vicious valentine's oh my god i laughed my head off it was just like i'm like people are really strange for real and I came across a story that made me go, oh, 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 right? And I was watching Vicious Valentine's and Lifetime, and I came across a story about racial covenants that are in home deeds. And my eyes went like, what year? Let me take a you know, I'm looking at my phone like, what year is this? Is this 2020 or is this 1955? Did, did I skip some decades? I mean, was I born in the wrong time? What year is this? Hey, it's 2020. There are still racial covenants in home deeds across the country. And they're so embedded in the language. Most of us speak the truth and speak it ever. Have you ever really read your home deed? No. No. When you go to the closing, what do you do? You check out how much am I going to pay? When am I going to pay it? What's the mortgage going to be like? And that's it. Usually the homeowners association presents you with a list of do's and don'ts, what you can and you can't do. And you're like, yeah, you just have your lawyer read it. And I'm like, okay, whatever it says, you're going to have to comply. You know, the garbage gets picked up. You can't do this. Yet. Okay, fine. But did you know that in home deeds across the country, there were racial covenants written in that barred African-Americans from owning those properties? 
And then guess what? In some of them, they found that the language actually said that African-Americans could only come on the properties if they worked. African-Americans, Asians, descendants of Asians. It said non-Aryan race. It even described people of Armenian descent. I kid you not. So people like Kim Kardashian couldn't buy houses in some places. That's how racist it was. It described people of Armenian descent. I kid you not. You've got to read this article. And this is, uh, this is something that, um, that, that we have to pay some attention to because what we're finding, uh, what we're finding is that a lot of it has to do with how those covenants were written. Even the federal government in the 1930s had given out money to developers to build homes that barred uh, African-Americans. And then a couple of years later, after advocacy and so on, the federal government backtracked and made it a law that it was illegal for uh, discrimination against housing based on race, gender, and we know all of those caveats. But guess what? Even though the federal government might have made it illegal, those uh, uh, entities could still get away with it because they were what? Private property. So developers could say it's private property. We don't obtain or, or neither do we get federal funding. So we still are... Um, we still are looking at uh, who these, um, we still are, we can do whatever we want to do. Can you actually believe it? So when you look at this, it, 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 in a way, the real, uh, the real uh, impact of this is felt like this. Over time, what it does is it robs people of equity in homes and generational wealth. So you own the home, you, you bought it in 1940, 1950. Your parents or grandparents are dying. So they will the home to the next generation, right? So the next generation has a leg up because now they're st instead of starting way at the bottom, they're starting from a, a good position. Well, that's what happened with African-Americans and Hispanics and others. When they were barred from owning homes in high-end neighborhoods or owning property, because of these racial caveats and covenants, that's what it did. And to this day, there are still some places in the country that adhere to that. I mean, they're few and far between, but guess what? They exist. And because they exist, they are dangerous, right? And we have to be, a, and I'm suggesting that we all go and examine our covenants to see if they have changed or they have minimized or modernized over the years. You'd be surprised that if you bought a house probably 1999-1987, that covenant is probably still written in the deed. What happened over time was that people began to realize that maybe this is not working. I still need to sell the property. I don't care who I sell it to. So they would sell it. But some of those covenants still do. Matter of fact, we did a story recently on a Maryland school district where out of the blue, we found that people still ha abided by these uh, uh, racial covenants where people objected to uh, students from the other end of the, the, the development, from the lower economic end of the development. They objected to the high schools being integrated. 
we're seeing that not just there, we're seeing that in Metro Detroit, in some parts of Metro Detroit, where population has dwindled. Because what has happened since the economy crashed in 2008, let's be clear, it never really came back. So this optimism that politicians are selling, that the economy is roaring and jobs, 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 I don't know what they're talking about. Because people still are not earning enough to buy homes, right? People are still barely scraping by. They have a job, but can they buy a home? And what I have seen in most uh, developments across the country is a, a lot of first-time buyers are buying a house, but after a year or so, they're having difficulty retaining the house because the interest rates have climbed because they got a first-time buyer's loan that is only good for, you know, this was sold to the them by the developer. And then after a year or two, they're having difficulty when the interest rate climbs and the mortgage payments go up. The second thing I'm seeing is that most of the people who live in middle class and traditional middle class homes are over 50, which means they're not having children anymore. So school district populations are dying out. In a lot of school districts, it has contracted so severely that they have had to close some schools, much to the chagrin of everybody else who thought if I live in the school, in this area, my children will go to this school and blah, blah, blah those things are changing, those definitions are changing, primarily because uh, it does not look, it's it, because people simply are not moving forward. Most of the people who are living there are, are retired, they're 50 or they're retired, because they've lived there for a long time, so they're comfortable and are able to pay their mortgage. Whereas younger folks are having a harder time acquiring that deposit to pay down on a, on a home, right? You might get away if you're a first-time home buyer, but you gotta watch out for that interest interest rate uh, hike because the mortgage company whom you took out the first mortgage with is likely to sell that mortgage, and that's usually what they do. They package it and resell it to someone else who comes in with a higher interest rate, no matter how good your credit is, with a higher interest rate that, that, that impacts your ability to pay, right? Isn't that the craziest thing? It is. I find it interesting when all of these things are occurring because it tells us that there is a shift ahead. And if we're not careful, we could miss it. Uh, the economy has tilted. And the, you know, you remember last week when they were having this broom challenge, how the broom, how brooms could suddenly stand up, which is the scariest thing. I swear if my mother were alive, I think she would have, she would have had a fit. I can't imagine a broom standing up. I tried it and it did work. The broom stood up and they say what happened. It didn't stand up on the first floor of the house, but it stood up in the basement, which was even scarier. <laughs> I was like, is the house tilting? And they say that happened because the earth has tilted on its axis. Well, so has the society. The society has tilted irrevocably and has not returned. So what we are seeing, it's like looking at it through a, sh a glass and we need to wipe the glass off. It, it, it's looking opaque. We need to wipe the glass off so we can see it. And now what do you do if you were to, let's say you're a person of color, let's say you're Hispanic, you're a Native American, you're of Armenian descent, and you bought a house in a nice area. And this, is, this was one man's experience. By the way, this was discovered by a group in Minnesota who examined home deeds in Minnesota and began examining them across the country. And as they examined them across the country, they began to realize that these caveats exist, these covenants exist in home deeds, 
right? And one man who is Hispanic, right, lives in California, bought a house, and he didn't know the covenant existed. He bought a house in recent times. He did not know the covenant existed. And when it was brought to his attention to go look at the covenant, and when he discovered that the covenant existed, he was like, I paid good money for it. Because that particular covenant said that the only way he could live in that area, someone of his ethnicity could live in that area, is if he were a servant. And the man is obviously a professor. Can you imagine? That is that is how racist some of these covenants were written. We all know that, especially here in Metro Detroit, uh, in the 1940s, when blacks had come up from the south and were working in the factories and now they were making money and the trade unions had been established to provide workers with equity across the board because they were doing they were on the assembly line in the factories doing the same work as white men but were not being paid so when trade unions came in and began to pay everybody across the board blacks were making the same money but they were confined by these racial covenants to only live in certain parts of detroit they could not buy homes according to how the covenants were written. They would not sell them a home. They put these covenants in the home, in the in the deeds, so that realtors and and developers would not sell to blacks. I kid you not. I kid you not. So, if you were to look, Detroit looked like most cities. Looked like uh, Milwaukee. Looked like Cleveland. Looked like uh, Chicago. Right where if you went you could see the line that divided housing where blacks lived and whites lived that's how the 1930s the 1920s 30s 40s 50s looked like hence we had the uprisings in the 1960s because it was it had to change that's what it took to get it to change do you see where i'm coming from and today now people are wealthy of all ethnicities people can buy any house they want to and now I'm thinking about it. I I probably should go back through some of my home deeds and homes that I have owned before in other parts of the country. I guarantee you, especially in Central Florida where I lived, I guarantee you if I were to look through those home deeds, I probably would see the racial covenant. We just didn't think to look that far. I do know that there were certain... Uh, things that kept people from owning property, but I thought that those were economic, not social. I thought it was dependent as usual on income and, and, and so on. So I lay, left it at that. But now with this new information, I now realize that some of the places that I lived in probably had those racial covenants. Hence the reason why when we bought in and moved in, people around us were like, strange because they probably were not used to or they they themselves are descendants of a group of people who did not allow blacks to move into certain neighborhoods are you kidding me <laughs> are you kidding me hey <laughs> right thank you but do you see what i'm saying so when you look at these things you recognize that we still have some work to do there's still a lot of work to do for us to overturn, but more importantly, make sure these things do not happen again. Because all of us deserve to have a piece of the pie. We've all 
worked and paid our taxes, our ancestors worked, paid their price for us to live off it. Just like you feel that your ancestors worked. My ancestors worked. They were slaves. They didn't get paid. Your people got paid. Mine didn't get paid. For 400 years, they never got paid. Right? They were beaten within an inch of their lives. They were enslaved. Right? And now, they were when they try to make a difference for the next generation these are the things that held them back and we gotta we gotta examine and come to have a come to Jesus moment where it's one of two ways we should go about this we either say look I recognize that we had some issues in the past let's find a bridge to the future or we're doing what we're doing, ignoring it, pretending like it doesn't happen and having these social upheavals and having these social issues come again and again. Because really, what most of us want to do is say that did not happen when the evidence is clear or pretend like it's not happening. Pretend like a woman who lived in a different school district wanted her child to have the most advantageous educational experience took her child and registered him in a different school district and then they locked her up not because she stole not because she did anything they locked her up and said she was trespassing isn't that not fast forward felicity huffman wanted her daughter to get into a college that she was not academically qualified for paid someone to take the test paid off someone so her daughter could get admitted to college she did how many months four months and she was out in 30 days and still acting in Hollywood movies. What's the difference between one woman who got years and time in jail and Felicity Huffman? Something we don't like to talk about in America, the color of one's skin. Because Felicity Huffman is a white woman who can't afford to live in a certain neighborhood. Even though she broke the law, broke federal law by bribing someone so she could improve her daughter's grades so her daughter could get into college. She still got four months and pay a probation of 30 days, but a black woman who is walking around in her black skin registered her child in another school district so she could have access to elementary education. This was not even higher education. She got to serve time in jail. That's what you call systemic racism. See the difference, right? So it goes on and on. So my generations, right, before, they couldn't own land. They couldn't have property. So it's harder for us to start up. This is why I tell everybody in Detroit, I'm like, go buy a piece of land. I'm like, what you worried about? Go own the land. I don't care. You, they're devaluing it so you won't want it. But the minute that you ignore it and walk away, they're going to buy it and increase the value and then you can never own it. I'm like, go buy a piece of land. If it has an old broken down house on it, buy the land. Forget about the house. <laughs> it's the land that you're paying for. Years ago when we lived in Central Florida, we wanted to buy into a neighborhood and I didn't like the house. I was like, I don't like the houses over there. The colors, you know, I didn't like the layout and, and so on. Maybe I just didn't like the developer or something. And I remember my ex-husband saying, what you worried about what the house looks for? You can always remodel the house. It's the land that you need to get. Go get the land. He said, that land is valuable. It's going to be worth more 
later on. And it reminds me of something that my great uncle had told me when I was growing up. He said, no matter what you do in life, always own land. When you own land, they have to come and talk to you. They have to come and deal with you. So own land, land is the key to wealth. And this is coming from a man who owned over a thousand acres, right? This is coming from a man who sold his farm produce to the government, right? He didn't just sell it to random people. He sold it to the government. I kid you not, right? So when you look at it, you say to yourself, there, there's something that folks knew, right? That they did not want uh, uh, white uh, blacks to know. And what they knew was that uh, land and the ownership of land was very important. And they did not want blacks to know that because then what would that mean? That would mean that blacks would own land and be successful. They did not want that. So they knew that. And they kept it away. And the thing about this kind of prejudice is that what I have found with it is that it continues to this day. I mean, years ago when I first moved to to Michigan, I wanted to buy a house and I was looking around. And I remember, you know, I'm so accustomed to just going into places and just, I didn't realize (laughs) that there were certain racial observances that I should have been aware of. So I just called up a realtor. And told her I, I saw a house online and I wanted to go look at it and so on. And, and I remember her asking very specific questions. It took me a while to realize after a while that what she was asking was there were some racial uh, implications around it. So I went and I, I said, what's going on in this neighborhood? I went and asked my, my family. I'm like, what's going on in this neighborhood? I don't see a lot of black folks living there. What's the story? And turns out that that's how it was structured because that's how it had always been structured until, you know, the economy started crashing and people were moving out and then they had no choice but to sell the houses because they had to keep their property values up and it didn't matter after a while. You're still going to some neighborhoods where they're like, keep the colors out. Uh, When they move in, they destroy. You still have those things that happen. And that is not to say that you don't have one or two colored people who are problematic when they move into neighborhoods. That is not to say that that doesn't exist, but that is not the reason to deny, because I could say the same thing. I lived in neighborhoods where some people moved in who were white and they were not the most desirable of neighbors. They were not desired as neighbors. I'll just leave it at that. They partied, they had strange folks coming in, had to call the cops until they put uh, the homeowners association placed pressure on them for them to leave. So these things happen, but that is not the reason why. That was just another part of the reasoning behind why they did what they did. And I say to you today that this is our come to coming of age moment. This is our come to Jesus moment when we realize that we can't continue to live the way we live. If you notice something has been happening in the American society for the last 10 or 15 years, suddenly, we are becoming more aware of the issues that had divided us for centuries. And the reason these things are coming out is for us to deal with it, right? Somebody said recently that we took a step backwards because we got frightened of the progress we were making. We were moving so fast. So we took a step backwards 
and and now we are paying for that you can't you can't go back because when you go back all you do is make it worse because you are trying to run away from progress and the inevitability inevitability of progress is that we must move forward this is a new age and whether we like it or not whether we like how america is going to look like whether it's going to be reflective of our own prejudices and biases whether we like it or not the society has to move forward and one of the ways in which it has to move forward is this i, I want to ask you guys this have you ever bought a house and observed any racial covenants in your home deeds i know it exists i suggest you go and look and you're going to be blown away those are the kinds of things that we have to eliminate now we understand why the federal government created laws that uh, uh, provided against discrimination in housing. They had to because the government itself had written it in in the 1930s because of the people who were running the government at the time. Then they later on, they realized that this was not good for the population if the government kept this stance. Well, what would it do for everyone who lived in the country? We can't do stuff like that. We, we, we've changed. We've got to keep moving. We've got to change the way that we do business with ourselves. There are still places in the country where this is observed. You, you can't get in, you can't, and some people are radical. You know, there's the, the Millionaires Club, you know, the one where you have to be validated at more than 144 million, you know that one, right? So there is that one. It, that one is just about money. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. It's just, you know why they place those? Because they wanted to show how racist we are and how ridiculous it is. Do you know that some of the richest people in the world are not white? Most of them. You know they're billionaires from other parts of the world. America has more. But did you know that they're billionaires in Africa? They're billionaires in India. They're billionaires everywhere else. They buy property in America. Everybody who is rich in the world owns property in other countries because when you travel to other countries when you're rich, you don't always want to stay in a hotel. You want to own a house because you're invariably there for more than a week or two. So you want to have some control over where you inhabit. Right? So rich people the world over own property in other spaces. We've got to start thinking really large. I was on a radio show on, on, on uh, Friday or Saturday night, I think it was. And we were talking about uh, age and love. And they were saying women over 70 don't date and women over 70 look old. And I was like, where do you live? I said, we live in the Midwest where we're so regional, we're country almost. I said, you go to other parts of the country, it's more cosmopolitan. People have different attitudes towards life. You're so regional and confined to how you think, you don't even realize that how country we sound. And they were, they, they were really stunned. I said, you've got to go to other parts of the world. You know, the playgrounds of the rich of the world, you see different people who look different. It doesn't matter. It's about the money. What gets you into those environments is not the color of your skin. It's the money. When will we wake up and realize that we have been doing it wrong for over 400 years? We have been using the color of skin 
to determine the entryway and barring hundreds of millions of people and generation after generation subjecting people to generational poverty because of something as fleeting as the color of the skin? And when you think about it, when you die, we all go down in a box in the grave to rot and it becomes, we are organic, our bodies decay. If you go into the hospital, underneath all of this is sinew and muscle and cells and bone look the same. You've never heard them talk about a black skeleton, a white skeleton, a Hispanic skeleton, or an Asian skeleton. As human beings, we all are skeletons, just made up of flesh and blood and skin. And yet, we continue to perpetuate the images of bias and prejudice based on the appearance of something that changes. I go in the sun, I get melanated. I stay out of the sun, I look different. And we still use that to determine people's access to education and basic things, basic human rights like housing and education. We have lost our cotton-picking minds completely gone off the rails. We're still using the skin color to determine how people own property. We have lost it. We're using skin color to determine how people get into college. We have lost it. We have totally lost it. I have a viewer here who is saying, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> We've got to stop this foolishness. We've got to stop... We have bigger issues in the world to solve. Recently, I was on uh, Twitter. I think it was yesterday. And somebody uh, uh, engaged me in a conversation on Twitter that I knew nothing, you know, that I didn't, I never, I don't know of them. They're in a whole other part of the world. They're in Spain. They engaged me in a conversation and slid into my DMs to talk about human trafficking on a global level. So I had to go do some research. I mean, I had seen some stuff on some Spanish films because I watch films from other parts of the world. I am not racist. I am not biased. I am not prejudiced. I like to see how people in other parts of the world deal with life and live. Are they facing the same issues that we are facing? I don't live in a bubble. Unlike most of us who choose to live that the world around us is ivory. No, I live in a world that is colored by ivory, black, white, brown, red, green, and every color. So recognizing that human trafficking is a global problem, I wanted to see how it plays out. I was much to my surprise. I was watching a film and there I saw human trafficking playing out right before me. Somebody from Spain engaged me in a conversation and asked me to make a comment on a film that they had done to gain attention because human trafficking is a problem. They didn't ask me about the color of my skin. They didn't ask me about where I come from. They just asked me to make a comment so it could gain attention to whom they wanted it to gain attention to, right? They, somebody's saying they should Google me, laugh out loud, right? Right? And I never, I, 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 and the truth of the matter is, is, you're saying that you didn't know how passionate I was until you Googled me. Wow, I wonder what kind of passion you saw. But do you see what I'm saying? And I, you have to look at this thing. We, we, we look at life like we're in a box and we're coloring within the lines of the box. Life, unfortunately, is not like that. 
Life is not like that. There are people, because of the systemic racism, we have caused generational poverty. Because you really judge somebody, not because of their contribution. I, I have to ask you that, America. I have to ask you that. I, I believe in you and I believe there is good in you, but I still have to ask you, why now do you still continue to let these racist issues pervade? Why do you still let them perpetuate, knowing in all honesty that it is none, it is baseless, knowing in all honesty that it does not work, knowing that the only way we're supposed to judge people is based on who they are, not because of what they look like, not definitely not the color of their skin. Why do we still continue to allow systemic racism to continue, right? Uh, what's the, what country do you live in, Mr. Times, Trevor's Times? What country do you live in, right? Let, listen to what I'm saying. Years ago, uh, I partnered with some folk to set up a shelter for human trafficking victims. We got a house and so on. And I needed to write a grant. I got a girl to write the grant. They brought her to me, the people who were around me. They said she's the best grant writer. I don't care, me being me, I don't care about color or skin color. I care about who can get the job done. I don't care about putting a white face on the face of my organization. I don't care. I care about who's going to get the job done. So I hired her on a project basis to help me write the grant. And she, in a way, she tried to tell me why I wasn't going to get the grant, but she didn't coach it in racial terms. I guess she felt like if she thought that if she put it out there for me to see, then I would realize the reason I wouldn't get it is because I'm a black woman who owns property and white people have issues with black people owning property. And even though they thought I owned the property, I was actually renting it. You know, I had my own house somewhere else. But the fact that it was a big house too. <laughs> so I guess I brought them there to look at the house. And the way the, the white woman was acting when she came to inspect it, you, after a while I began to see there is no merit to what she's doing it was I recognized it as just pure racism pure envy and racism that white thing that she should because I knew her personally we had been friends we were friends when we were having coffee and she was living with her boyfriend but the minute that I engaged her and said ah that's what you do listen I think I probably need a grant because I'm setting up the shelter you got a house yeah I thought everybody could do that. The systemic racism jumped out. And they did not give me the grant. Well, you know me by now. Who I, do I look like a fool? Do I look like I'm going to take some foolishness? I complained to the head of our organization. They fired her. I'm like, don't play with me like that. I'm do out here trying to provide shelter to people who are homeless. Are you going to go use some stupid thing like that? I called out the organization on its ear. They fired her, put somebody else in there who said, okay, hi. I said, hello. <laughs> okay. Do you see where I'm coming from? Uh, you're in the heart of the UK. Uh, the, uh, oh, that's great. That's great. The Metropolitan Police in the UK, they're looking at reducing trafficking. Absolutely all over the world it's a problem everywhere and what is happening is the police 
are trying to put a grip on it and contain it before it gets worse. Because where there's trafficking, there's drugs, and where there's drugs, there's all sorts of criminal activity. And before you you know it, it becomes a much bigger problem. So they're dealing with it. They're dealing with it. And it's the exploitation of people, right? When it comes to trafficking, that's a separate conversation I will have. It's, it's, it deals with the exploitation of people, right? But so is racism, exploitative. So is racism and racial covenants written into home deeds. That's exploitative. That destroyed a whole generation of people preventing them from owning property that they could well afford. But people felt like they shouldn't live here. Is that, is, is that ridiculous or is that not ridiculous? Is that something we all should talk about or not? Right? It, 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 we got to stop this. We have bigger problems in the world to solve today. We have human trafficking at an exponential level that we don't even know what we're going to do. We have the exploitation of children and peoples. It's, it's threatening to overthrow something that we thought we got rid of. Slavery was made illegal from the late 1700s to the early 1800s. And yet we have modern slavery in a different form, but still the exploitation of people. That is the world's biggest problem. I, I want to help you out. There's a guy named Vladimir Putin. Anybody knows who that is? He's the ruler of Russia. He's been the ruler of Russia. He's not president of Russia. He has been the czar of Russia since, I don't know, like the 90s when I was still in high school. Right? Vladimir Putin said this five years ago. He said human trafficking is the number one crime in the world today. It has overtaken the trafficking of drugs. It has overtaken the trafficking of, uh, of, of uh, organized crime. He said the mob is, has nothing on the organization of human trafficking. And yet, here we are worried still, little people, still caught up in their little thing about not letting the blacks and the Hispanics and you're stupid and silly. Which world do you live in? Look around you. You think that if you, you feel safe, how do you feel safe? Well, you probably have reason to feel like that because your ancestors enslaved and beat up people. So you think you are safe and if you can deny people, I've always looked at people who practice racism as, are you stupid or are you really stupid? You know what? Let me leave you in your corner because you'll never get it. And as long as you'll never get it, there's a reality that is going to show up on you, right? Uh, we have an epidemic of homelessness and some people are letting in rooms for sex. I agree with this. The, 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 the police have to focus on what they have to focus on. Uh, the, the, the problem with human trafficking is that children are being exploited. And that is very troublesome for anybody. Right? And the police naturally are very troubled by it. It's not just in the UK. It's everywhere. Police are, are literally, they're finding ways to deal with it though. That's all I can say. They're, they are waking up to it and they're finding ways to deal with it. So for every trafficker who is out there, hi, <laughs> they know who you are and they're coming. That's all I got to tell you. They know who you are. They find you, right? You think I'm joking? They know how. They just don't tell you. Especially the ones with letters, right? 
The police just look. But the ones with letters, they're sitting right there looking at you and smiling. Right? Because we have this problem. Uh, Talking about homelessness, (laughs) you want to think that these, and I end on this, the racial covenants created the problem of homelessness. I give you a case study. San Francisco, California, right? When blacks began migrating west, uh, they were coming from Texas and uh, Louisiana, and they were going west to California because they thought or they heard that California was more open. Turns out California, whites in California were just as racist. They just didn't practice Jim Crow laws. So when blacks began migrating there was a problem called redlining that prevented blacks from owning homes, even though they were working and they could afford it, prevented them from owning homes in certain neighborhoods. It's called redlining. In the poor neighborhoods where they could own homes, because there was inconsistency in employment opportunities, they couldn't hold on to those homes because the administrators of cities raised the property taxes that people could not pay. All of this was designed to keep blacks away from owning property. So generationally, they didn't have inherited wealth to pass on to the next generation. Naturally, when people can't do better, they turn to a life of crime. So in turning to a life of crime, when they come out of jail, they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have anywhere to go to. They don't have a home that their great grandmama or so had. So what happened to people was they end up being homeless. That's why in San Francisco and other parts, you see a number of people of color who are homeless. That is what racism has done. You know who knows these facts? Professors of universities who have the data and who can find the data that links racism to generational poverty. They have the data and they're talking about it. They're not talking about whether or not you agree with it. It's immaterial. The fact is it's a fact and it happened. They are bringing attention to it because if we don't stop it, do we really care about the country? People live here, right? And the people who live here have a right to be here. You brought them here. You enslaved them. So they have a right to be here. They ins- they were enslaved and they built the wealth of this country because America has been the number one economy in the world since 1871. What happened? What was happening in 1871? Slavery. Slaves were producing the wealth of America. Unpaid labor. We owe it to these descendants to bring this policy to an end. We owe it to bring the country into what it is striving to be. The city on a hill, the country of light, the country where the light shines on our hearts and make us better. That's what we aim to do, then we need to change this. All across the country, developers, realtors, change it. Cities, change it. It's time, it must go. Let me read some comments from uh, some of my viewers here on YouTube. Uh, I was homeless and convinced it was prioritized because in the because you're white in the UK. Yeah, well, that's part of it everywhere else. That's 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 it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And now, under Ben Carson, a black man who is president, who is the Secretary of Housing, 
He's going to take away provisions that would keep marginalized people who are primarily people of color out of housing. He's just a face of wickedness. He doesn't like it tough. His role sitting there was to say, nah, we can do better. Instead, he's going along with it and doing what he's told. And they're making it look like it's a black man who enacted that. We got to stop this. This has got to stop. This is Harry Kamek with Down to Earth. Thanks so much for all your comments. Mr. Trevor Steins, thank you. Join me again on Down to Earth. As For more information, go to my website, harrykamek.com, as well as go to my other podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and support my podcast by making a donation on Anchor FM. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day.